Welcome to episode 91 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about the upgraded status for the monarch butterfly. And I talk about a poacher who will be serving prison time for their smuggling. We talk about two new cool American natives. And about our adorable animal of the week, who I would really like to see in the wild. So let's jump into episode 91 of the Animal Addicts podcast. Welcome to episode 91 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of super cool animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? So, I have a twofer. I, okay. So, first I went to the safari park on the same day. Um, the we, wild animal park. Yes. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, my mom got me some of those, you know, the penny smusher machines? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she got me some of those, um, and there were a few ones that say Wild Animal Park on it. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I probably have a lot of them because I've collected those over mm-hmm. the years, but I'm going to need to go one day. Mm-hmm. How much do they cost now? Are they like a dollar? No, there's 50 50 cents still? Yeah. Okay, cool. Next time I go, I'm just going to have to go on a penny hunting thing. That's yeah, so exciting. I, anyway. I always bring my coin purse when I go because, like, I need I need more penny I heard smushes. a coin purse, and I thought you were, like, from the Renaissance era. <laughs> I just imagine you with, like, one of those little... It's a little one with a Ravenclaw emblem I got from Universal Studios. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. So you bring your coin purse yes. every time you go, really? I try to remember, but sometimes I forget. Okay. I was upset when, when I went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium. I was upset because they didn't have one. They didn't? No. They had one was... at the SeaWorld Center up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. It was messed up. But if they have one, it didn't print. And I was very sad because it did not. It was misaligned. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but I would think Monterey would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, where's the? I have my, I have my pennies. Every touristy place should have that. I also, know. because for some people, let's be real, that's the souvenir I can afford. I know. <laughs> Like you can just look for couch cushions, you can afford it. I've always wanted to make like I I forget the name, the actual name of them, but like the belly dancing skirts. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to make that out of my smushed pennies from everywhere I've gone. Anyway, oh my goodness, Um, yeah. So I went there. It was hot, um, but not as terrible as I thought it would be. Um, It wasn't too busy uh, because it was a Thursday, and I didn't go to gorillas because I always forget. It's the same. I did go, uh, one of the first things I did was see the elephants. I wanted to see, is like, is Bakai out doing well? And she was when I went there. Um, and they didn't go splashing around. They were doing maintenance in the other yard because mm. I saw the bobcats out and stuff. Um, <laughs> that threw me for a second because mm-hmm. we were talking about the park, so I yeah. thought you meant the actual animal. No. Gotcha. Um, in the lower yard, they weren't. Yeah. Long. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, the pool was full, uh, and somebody, a volunteer was talking to someone else. Uh, it's like, yeah, they go swimming, and it's like the guy was like, it doesn't look like it's deep enough for them to swim in. <laughs> it's deeper than you think. I don't know, because the babies, well, no, the babies could submerge. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'd love to see an adult, because I've only really seen them in the other pool. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them in that pool Oh, really? Pool I've yeah. seen them a couple times in that no, one. No, I've never. I've seen them, like, drink out of it, but I've yeah. never seen them go in that pool. I always see them in the other one. Yeah, I saw it once with including the adults, actually. Um, do they fit all the way in it? Can they submerge, or do they just get, like, up to their back? Uh, 
I think we'll submerge themselves. That not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Casey just demonstrated them yeah. flopping over, but that's yeah. not like it's deep enough for them. To, that's them like making it. I adjustment. think it might be. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't um, look like it would be, but mm-hmm. continue on. But yeah, they were um, not doing that, unfortunately. Yeah, they weren't doing a whole lot. Uh, one was funny. Took the net and feed him, asking when he was done. Her, she was done. Put it on her back and just walked <laughs> off. She's <laughs> like, this is my yeah. decoration. Now. And then the other thing I made sure to go see was the new lion um, at a uh, lion camp. Oh, yes. I've seen them a couple times. I yeah. like them. They're mm-hmm. pretty active, actually. Yeah. Not when I went. They were oh. all napping. Um, but one was out on her own, and I saw her yawning and Aww. a few things. But I was... They put ropes up now, so you can't get close to Yeah, that's to what I ground. told you a while ago, and they mm-hmm. haven't taken them down yet. Yeah. Um, because my mom, she knows someone that goes there and someone that works there, and um, they um, went one time, and there was these little kids, and... One of the lionesses was pawing at the glass. (laughs) So they don't want them to, okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I saw them. Um, Oh, and I got lucky. I went up to Condor Ridge. Um, First off, I saw the toucans mating. Um, Oh, (laughs) they've never been together when I go. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then uh, one of the keepers was in with the condors and... um, I think she was doing a feeding, but also just general maintenance and showering some of them, so their yeah. wings were oh, all spread that's out. That's nice. That'd be cool. Yeah. Of course, it's the younger ones that they've recently added because, yeah. like some of the adult ones, just don't like people. <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah, like Malako, who was the first one that's been was the first condor that was conceived and hatched in a zoo. Um, even though she's been there for decades, um, she doesn't like people. I get it. Mm-hmm. I feel you, girl. Yeah. Yeah, the condors are always impressive. Mm -hmm. I love them. I struggle sometimes to get... When, before Australia Walkabout, I struggled to get my family to go up there. Really? Mm -hmm. I could not get them to go up there. I like it also because it's where there's fewer people. Mm -hmm. I always want to go where there's fewer people. Oh, yeah, that was the one time there was a giant crowd of people there. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Well, also because I used to always go up there because before they built the Australia Walkabout, that used to have my actual Zen Mm -hmm. place, that little pond, Mm -hmm. and I'd go sit there. And I loved it, mm-hmm. and I'm very sad it's gone. But now we have. Neighbors. I had to go through all that once for a botany class. I love that whole mm-hmm. area. It mm-hmm. was so peaceful up there, and they had a little stream, and it was just so nice. And like go and like read a book up there sometimes. It mm-hmm. was the best. Mm-hmm. And of course, the people who are older who were there remember the dinosaurs up there. Yep, I remember the dinos. Good times. You get your little stamps. Honestly, though, I'm glad <laughs> there's other things they do with that money. With that money, what do you they mean? They have to spend money for renting the machines and I having it out. I guess that's true. So. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I just miss the like getting away from people. And now because they're up by the like deserty walk up there, mm-hmm. now that's more crowded. Whereas that's yeah. where you could really go to get away from people. Now mm-hmm. it's the best option, but still not great. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. So but, yeah. So yeah, I did that. I got to see the platypus, which was happy. And then I had to go early because I couldn't stay till closing because I was also dog sitting, and I was nervous when they gave me some information updates on the dog because she is now 13 years old mm-hmm. so scary yeah she's uh, a bigger dog right huh she's a bigger dog right she's a boxer pit mix That's what I thought. She's a boxer and they mix. told me she's had some episodes oh no like she was going down the steps at night to go use the bathroom and she just collapsed oh, and no. wasn't getting up they took her to the emergency vet they ran a bunch of tests on her everything is like we don't know what's wrong with her they think what happened is sometimes maybe the blood's not getting up to her brain mm-hmm. so if it does happen, it's only happened a few times. Didn't happen while I was there, thankfully. Um, just have to stay with her until she gets back up, and she'll is be. She, a... Does she remain conscious? And she's just no, she's 
out. Out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She like passes out, poor mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, and I think she's aware of something with the steps now because when I was take her out sometimes at night to use the bathroom, she would go around the pond avoiding going down the steps. Oh, babies. Yeah. I did get her to play a bit because um, I found because a lot of times she doesn't play. Um, I found this little Nerf tug thing that she played for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. after like five minutes, she's done. I was like, yeah, no. Well, she's older. Yeah. And not all dogs are into toys. Mm-hmm. A lot of ours weren't. Anyway, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, sweet baby. Yes. And I'm going to be taking care of her again later this month. And, I'm, of course, I'm nervous. What is this jet-set life that your aunt and uncle live? Um, so this time it was over the weekend because um, it's was this old family get-together with my aunts and uncles and my parents, that kind of thing. You're not invited? No, it's literally just the parents. Oh, okay. All of them. Um, and then my cousin, um, she actually works somewhere where she can go to Glacier National Park. Ooh. And she's literally paying for almost everything except for like one or two things. And so it's like, yeah, you're paying for it. We'll go. And so I they're going do. up to Glacier National Park for a week. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my mom's the same way. It's like, where is he? How is he going all these trips? Yeah, I want to be living this life. I want to yeah. travel multiple times a year. It's Thank called you. childless. Yeah, it's probably going to be me. I have to get the money, though, so. <laughs> I volunteer to be childless. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Uh, People shouldn't have kids if they don't want them. Mm-hmm. I saw a post, and it was like, all these millennials who won't have kids, and, like, you get to 40 and realize life, you still have half your life left, and what are you going to do? <laughs> like, Statistically, I don't have half my life. And then, like, <laughs> well, and then, and then they resp- and someone responds, like, um, I don't remember what exactly what I said, but, like, this is not a good argument to have children, so that you can fight off boredom is not a good reason to have kids. Anyway, yeah. as long as what was said, but it was about that. Yeah, one of my best friends in the whole world, she is adamant about not having kids, and my parents are like, oh, one day she may change her mind. It's like, yeah, I don't think so. Doubt it. There's a lot of people who don't want. I think there's a lot of people who have never wanted kids all throughout society. I used to want kids. Then I worked in retail and had to deal with them. I was like, yeah, not for me. I still want kids, but I just don't think it's going to happen. So I'll limit myself. I preferred one. No. Max at three. Two at least. Stop making only children. I am no, an only child. No, it's fiscally responsible. Don't do it. But it's not good for the kid. Don't. I mean, it's helpful in some ways, but like, no, stop. People, stop making all the children. We have issues. <laughs> anyway, all right, moving on. <laughs> so I haven't watched any uh, documentaries in a while, so I was like, oh, I should get back to this. And I remember seeing, so I screwed up. So I remember seeing an ad on 4th of July, and I was like, oh, I should watch that. And I was like, put a pin in that, watch that later. And then I went on to Disney+, Plus, and I was like, oh, I should watch that. And then I searched stuff, and I clicked on the wrong thing, and then I realized that's not what I was trying to watch, but whatever. So now they have another round, y'all, of America's National Parks. So the first one that I've done and I watched all the episodes was 2015. Now they have 2022 edition. So that's going to make me putting on this on the website complicated. But there are, I think, two parks that are different now. So I went with one of the new ones. And then they owns these, Is this the Disney Plus ones? Yeah. Because okay. Disney Plus works with National Geographic. They probably own them because they own like everything. But anyway. Um, I think. Aren't they merging with AP, a- HBO Max or something now? That's. Um, or. Not Discovery. Uh, oh, yeah, that yeah, was Discovery. Yeah, Discovery and HBO, and then that's a whole... All the streaming services are just a shit show right now, but anyway. Dude, my aunt and uncle have so many now. They have, like... All... There's so many! Hulu, Paramount+, Plus, Disney, and um, I think I have Netflix. S- I think I have six different ones at this point, if you count Prime. Anyway, 
moving along. So I went and I clicked on this. So I was like, okay, well, I'll watch one that they didn't cover last time. So I watched the Hawaii Volcanoes. And also I just found it entertaining that it was narrated by Garth Brooks. Like, all right, that's what you're up to now? Cool. Mm. <laughs> anyway. It um, reminds me of something, but I can't put a face to it. Okay, well, you'll remember eventually. Anyway, uh, spoiler alert. Not really spoiler alert, but I'm just going to tell you right off the bat. This one is safe. It's safe. Anyway, they show a ton of cool insects, so you would love it, Casey. Mm. Also, some of them are terrifying and mean and kind of, I won't say evil because they're just doing their thing, but it's scary. Remember, nature is amoral. It does not care. Yeah, like it's me. just, it's it's like... Once again, you don't need to create monsters. Just look at insects and things from the ocean <laughs> and just make them bigger. Because um, th I forget what that was called, but it was scary. I was like, nope, don't like it. Anyway, um, but they have a lot of really cool fish, so that was cool. Anyway, just uh, sort of as a general, um, the new, I guess there's three new parks they haven't covered before. So they have the volcanoes, they have the Badlands, and they have Big Bend. Um and then the ones that they repeat are the Grand Canyon of Yosemite. So eventually I'll watch those, but that'll be last because we've already covered them. Anyway, so totally safe. You can watch that. There's a lot of cool stuff. Obviously, they're showing the volcanoes mostly. And and there's a volcano cricket? I mean, no, lava cricket. It's called mm -hmm. lava cricket. I'm like, it's so cool. Anyway, so there's a lot of really cool insects. There's a lot of really cool fish. And there's a green sea turtle yeah. who's cute. And then the, well, okay, and then a shark attacks her. And I won't tell you how that, well, you know that the rating's safe. So I guess you know it's pretty good. <laughs> but anyway, but their technique for that. Oh, I know what it is. Pretty cool. Yeah. So I was like, oh, snap, look at you, girl. And I was just like, I'm surprised you're really that agile. Because at one point, it coming from it's coming from the bottom, and I'm like, oh, girl, you better do that quick. And she adjusted. Anyway, so uh, there you go. So America's National Parks, Hawaii Volcanoes, safe. Go team. So then I was like, oh, and then as I finished it, then it popped up the one I meant to watch. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's what I meant to watch. Because I remember them doing it, and it's just... <sighs> I have a couple issues with Disney. I love Disney. Okay, I love the magic of all the, like, especially animated movies and all that stuff. But, like, Disney is almost a monopoly, and it's terrifying. And also, Disney annoys me because it's so manufactured. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so they do – so the series is America the Beautiful. Yay. Okay. I remember going to Disneyland, and they do a 4th of July parade. And Disney's a place where a lot of international people go, right? And I just remember sitting and watching the parade and just being embarrassed <laughs> because it's like, it's basically like how Trumpsters would do things. Like, it's just very like, it's not like aggressive, but it's just like, so like, mm. we're the best like type. It's just one of like, there's definitely like the positivity and like, you know, and showing your patriotism and stuff. And, like like how I am during the Olympics the and World Cup. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just a lot. It's mm. just a lot. It's just, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. Like there should be like, woohoo, yay, we're cool. But like. It's too much. Anyway, so, um, so anyway, so the one I watched was uh, the first episode, I think, and it's called Land of Heroes, which is a horrendous name because basically being a hero just means existing because there's nothing heroic that they do ever. Mm -hmm. And it's just, anyway, I'm not a fan, just telling you right now, I'm not a fan of this, this storytelling style. It's my least favorite of all of the documentary styles I've seen. Um, so I'm not feeling great about the next ones, but we'll see what the next one's like when I watch it. Anyway, this one is narrated by Michael B. Jordan, so I also find that entertaining that it's Land of Heroes when Michael B. Jordan is in the Marvel mm -hmm. movies. Anyway, um, so some cool, th so one of my issues with it is it's just there's like no there's no organization to it. It's just kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it is cool in some ways, because I do think one thing that, like, the documentaries do that are really cool is they do get amazing shots. And they do a lot of these shots where they're just basically zooming through an entire landscape. 
and it's really cool. And so in that way, it's like, also it's very, but that's, see, that's where I'm like, this is why it's like the Disney parade. It's just like, it's like, we're the best. We're the best. Basically mm-hmm. is kind of what it's saying the whole time. And it's like, and I forget what they said, but like the best predators ever. I'm like, I mean, I think also like Africa and Asia are pretty cool. Like, I don't think we should say that North America is the coolest one. Like, we're cool. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, it's a bit weird. Anyway, so some of the things that they do talk about that's really cool um, apparently, according to this documentary, the largest variance in degrees during one day was on the American Plains, and it was a hundred degree difference in one mm-hmm. day. Crazy! The weather out there. Don't live. Why? Why are you living out there? Yeah, that's the thing with <laughs> continental environments. Further away from the coast you get, the less consistent weather is. Yeah. So they say, and I remember seeing that too. A lot of like Midwesterners and other people say like, oh, you don't like the weather. It'll change in like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. And they show it and it's nuts. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh my gosh, these little animals. And they all, most of them, not all, obviously bison don't, but like the other ones have little burrows they go into. And I'm like, why do you live there? And they show mm-hmm. obviously tornado form and stuff. And, and then, you know, the little animals are just having their little burrows. I'm like, we shouldn't put houses out there. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is a horrible idea. Anyway. So, um, that was cool. And then let's see, what else did they say? Um, Yes, I that that was all. It's all over the place. Anyway, yeah, that's pretty much it. So anyway, this one's rating is mostly safe. There is, there are baby deaths. I'll just put it that way. But they're not. Most of the documentaries I've watched lately aren't doing the like following a family. I just feel like I remember back in the days of like Meerkat Manor and other ones where they mostly followed a family for a few years, mm-hmm. and you see that whole cycle. And now it's just like here's this, here's this, here's this. And it's kind of like oh here's a bear with cubs. Oh here's this, and then you follow them for like ten minutes maybe. Well, that's how I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't. It gets like it too anthropomorphic. These. The Disney. No, but I feel like you see like the life cycle of that whole family mm-hmm. versus just like here's this, here's this random mm-hmm. stuff. Especially because you don't stick with it the whole time, so it's just weird. Even if you're not like, oh, this one's name is blah blah blah, and giving it like human attributes, like you know. Anyway, so it's just all over the place, and there's just it's just a rough life for a lot of animals. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, it's so it's mostly safe. There's definitely. And not so pleasant. I will say, usually with most of these, when they do make kills, they at least don't show, like, the gory aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So, there's that, I guess. But anyway, um, I'll have to report on when I watch the second episode, but I'm not feeling great. Also, the whole thing is a giant eagle. It's, it's just, like, it's so, like, America. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, this is too much. <laughs> it's too much. Mm-hmm. Just, just back it off a little bit. Like, yes, it is beautiful, but... Maybe let's not be aggressive about it. Anywho, moving on. So, anyway, to wrap up, uh, America's National Parks, 2022 edition, Hawaii Volcanoes, safe, and America the Beautiful, Land of Heroes, mostly safe. So, Casey, what do you want to talk about? Butterflies. Yay! Tell us about them. Monarch butterflies are endangered. We know this. Okay, continue on. So, to be specific, the migratory monarch butterfly... Uh, scientific name is Danaus plexipus plexipus, was listed, quit laughing, as endangered by the IUCN red list this year. Okay. The species as a whole is listed as least concern at the moment, but the migratory species, like which subspecies that we have, is mm-hmm. now endangered. Um, there have been some serious declines that led to the change in their status. The eastern population, which is larger, the larger of the two, uh, saw an 84% decline between 1996 and 2014. 84? Yes. Oh, whoa. Yeah, just wait. Okay, great. Um, I'm while, sorry. I'm sorry. What were those year ranges again? The 1996 to 2014, an 84% decline. Oof, that's bad. While the smaller western population has seen a decline of 99.9% <gasps> since the 80s. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. 
These are, of course, the monarch populations are well known for their multi-generational migration from Mexico to Canada. It is in the winter congregations in California and Mexico that there have been the most severe declines. In winter of 2020 and 2021, they were found in only five acres of forest. And in California, there was just a little over 1,900 butterflies. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're getting to why this is happening, yeah. right? Okay. The biggest threat the species facing is logging and loss of habitat in their wintering grounds. There is also a problem with removal of milkweed and climate change is causing drought and more extreme temperatures. And it's also the shifting the timing of the milkweeds blooming. Oh, yeah. So even if you plant it, they it's may still a problem. Yeah. So oh. there was a lot of work put into getting the species listed um, for starters. In order for a new species to get listed, uh, researchers must make a report on how much the species numbers have declined as well as how much habitat has been lost the current threats the species faces, and the conservation programs currently underway. Um, this becomes particularly difficult with insects because most insect species have little to no information about them. Um, one researcher did a project assessing 132 of the North American firefly species, and they found that over half were data, data deficient and could not determine if they were at risk or not. Hmm. And that this is a really common problem for insects which means it is a very common problem for the overwhelming majority of species on Earth. Because they are the, yep. Yep. Insects are vast majority of species on Earth. Um, thankfully, with monarch butterfly, they are among the more charismatic insect species um, that people take interest in. And there was a lot of data on them, as well as information from community um, science. Some of the programs that have helped our monarch tagging programs like the Southwest Monarch Study has given information on where specific populations overwinter. And then citizen science apps like iNaturalist were very instrumental providing information about um, milkweed and where important milkweed habitat is located. Annual butterfly counts are also very helpful to scientists like those organized by the North American Butterfly Association. Um, so much of this would not have been possible without everyday citizens participating as well as the scientists themselves. Some good news is that the decline seems to be tapering off at the moment and the summer breeding population seems to be a bit more stable at the moment as well. A possible contributor to this is milkweed planting efforts. Um, just remember to only plant native milkweeds in your yards. Um, if you want to participate in citizen scientist projects like those that help the monarchs get listed, I recommend checking out sciencenearme.org, which is a free resource that can help you find science event opportunities near you. That's cool. Is that just U.S. or is that worldwide? I believe right now it's just U.S. Okay. And That's it so is cool. in the beta, so there may be <gasps> Casey, bugs. as a project, we should do that. Mm -hmm. I don't have a piece of paper. We got to make a note we need mm -hmm. to do that. You have to remember. You don't okay. have to write it down right now, but remember. Right. I'll, I'll put it in my phone. I'm sorry. Right. Okay. Continue while I put so, that in my phone. What yeah. is it called? Well, you know what it's called. Sciencenearme.org. So. Sciencenearme.org. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, that is how the monarch butter migratory monarch butterflies got listed as endangered by the IUCN Red List. Oh, no. You're done already. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> .org. Okay. Hang on. A citizen scientist. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Okay. We're going to pick one. Casey, mm -hmm. this is my challenge. We're going to pick one, mm -hmm. and we're going to do it, and we're going to... I don't know how long we have to go to get an idea of things, but that's going to be fun. Okay, cool. Anyway, all right. So um, that is sad and sort of cool, but not really cool, but sad. Anyway, whatever. They're all over the place, though. 
I just remember when I was a kid and we would drive, mm-hmm. I'm just massacre of them. Oh, yeah. Driving on the highway. It was just like, can you please not be, like, fly up higher. Mm-hmm. Don't get hit by the car. Anyway. All right. So um, I am sharing a sort of good story, sort of not. Anyway, so a the tagline. Tag, why, why can't I talk today? The um, headline is a Uganda wildlife poacher sentenced to over five years in prison for trafficking over $7 million worth of rhino horn and elephant ivory. So first thing, good. Second thing, not good to me because like grand theft, grand larceny is like a minimum of five years a lot of times. So I'm like $7 million (laughs) is a lot more than like Ten thousand. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think it's stiff enough. Is my argument? I'm mm-hmm. like, I think if you're killing, because basically that's murder. Well, it's not basically. It is murder, <laughs> and it's not human murder. But well, to have seven million dollars worth of that is many, 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 many mur- murders against endangered species, which is highly, obviously, legal, and then breaking all kinds of traffic and laws and everything like that. And obviously, just the fact that you're essentially stealing, because you are stealing that property that resource from that animal so to me you are stealing from someone seven million dollars worth of stuff so that should be like 25 years to me in prison that's how i feel about it anyway so um what i'm not gonna say his name i think but anyway so citizen of liberia and resident of uganda it's all complicated was sentenced to 63 months in prison for conspiring to traffic millions of dollars of rhino horn and elephant ivory both endangered species. This resulted in illegal poaching of more than 35 rhinos and more than 100 elephants. See? That many individuals you stole stuff from? 25 years. Mm. I think that's just how that should be. I I think they're just too lenient on that stuff. Anyway, it drives me nuts. Anywho, so, um, just skipping ahead, blah, 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 blah. Um, so essentially they were trafficking it to all different places. Um, I'll let you read the article. I'm not gonna get super far into it. But anyway, um, one of the places was the U.S. And I'm just... It just uh, anyway so i guess let's go into this part so um from december of 2012 through may of 2019 um these three people who were doing this conspired to transport distribute sell and smuggle at least approximately 190 kilograms of rhino horns and at least approximately 10 tons of elephant ivory from various countries in east africa including uganda the democratic democratic republic of the congo Guinea, Kenya, Mozambique, Senegal, and Tanzania, two buyers located in the United States and countries in Southeast Asia. So mostly it's Asia, which we know is a problem. Mm. And then the United States. No. No. Stop it. I want to find, because I know some people are just going to be like normal-ish people who are using it for medicinal purposes, but there's also going to be like rich people doing this to make money. And personally, I think they should be removed from this earth. Because if they're doing that, they're probably also doing other terrible things like human trafficking. And personally, I think they should be well, removed from Well, honestly, it. a lot of people, when they get off from human trafficking, they'll go into wildlife trafficking because money's good, but less penalty. See, but, like, much how, mm-hmm. like, you know, people who abuse animals mm-hmm. will go on to be serial killers. <laughs> Not necessarily, but it's a good precursor. Yeah. I feel like those penalties should be higher. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. It just yeah. it needs to be a higher penalty. If we're going to put people in prison for possessing marijuana, we need to put people in prison for this for longer periods of time is my feeling. Anyway, um, so, and then they talk about the value of everything. So... you can read the whole article like i said but anyway i'm just pissed because i think that should be way more i mean i guess if you're lower on the food chain of this whole like process but either way they just need to increase these penalties because 
it's difficult with poachers because really, um, I don't know why I can't do this math in my head. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of the problem with stiff penalties on level end people is really poachers. A lot of them are just poor people. So going after these lower levels is not always going to transpire to stopping the trade itself. No, but you need to use them to flip on the higher people. Yeah. And get to the rich people who mm -hmm. are making the money. Yeah. I'm sure poachers are there for make money. Mm -hmm. Don't think that that's, I don't think you just want to do, I mean, there's some sickos out there who do, but like most people, that's the purpose of doing it, but they're not the ones making the real money. Yeah. You have to take out the people who are making the real money. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they should exist. My personal solution is to put them against the apex predator of the ecosystem they're hurting the most and let them, uh, you know, how they, if they're American, let's see if they think they can beat <laughs> a lion, <laughs> for example. <laughs> And that's how I think that justice should be served. Because, again, if they're doing that, they're doing other horrible things, too. Because I feel like a lot of people don't care if it's animals. Obviously, our listeners do. But a lot of people don't care if it's animals. Like, if they're doing this stuff, they're trafficking. Honestly, I feel like a lot of people care more about what happens to animals than um, uh, people. It depends. <laughs> My evidence of this yeah. is actually from a comedian. He was in his comedy session, and he was talking about his dead father um, and then how um, his mother was like, um, you think we should tell the dog? And uh, they told the dog. He said the dog went into his father's favorite chair and passed away that night. <gasps> Everyone did that. Nobody reacted at all to his dead father, but they cried over the dead dog that he made up. <laughs> That's funny. No, but the di no, uh, the gasping reaction is because a dog died because yeah. it was sad, mm. not because like oh fuck the guy. <laughs> like that's why. That's not an accurate representation of that. Anyway, but no, it's just it it really pisses me off. Also, it's just terrifying mm -hmm. because human trafficking is such an issue, and it wouldn't be if there wasn't a market for it. So, mm -hmm. who are the people who are doing this? They all need to be. I personally just again thin the herd. <laughs> Get just mm -hmm. burn it, burn it. Fire is you know. <laughs> Cleansing. Let's do it. Anyway, so that's it. You can go read the whole thing. But let's move on into our animals for this, our picks, I should say, for this week, which mm -hmm. obviously are animals. Anyway, so Casey, what is the category? Animals native to Baja. Okay. So tell us about uh, your animal, and I'm happy <laughs> you did it because it is a cool animal. Good. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad you approve. Uh, it went with the desert horned lizard. Okay. Also known as? A horny toad. There we go. Cool. <laughs> so their scientific name is Phrynosoma platyrhinus. I like that one. Um, this species is found primarily in the western United States, mainly found in California and Nevada, but can also be found in other states like Arizona, Utah, and their ex range extends down south into parts of Baja, California. Okay. They live in desert shrubland habitats and typically live in areas with bare ground that have spaced out shrubs. They have a lifespan of about five to eight years. They measure about 64 to 95 millimeters in length. And these lizards are insectivorous. They are specialists in hunting ants, which can make up 90% of their diet. Okay. They also get all of their water they need from these ants. And the rest of their diet is made up of other small invertebrates and small amounts of plant material. There are actually two subspecies, the northern desert horned lizard and the southern desert horned lizard. The southern subpop species is found it from southern Nevada and Utah down through California and Arizona um, to Baja. The northern subspecies is found from Nevada and Utah to Oregon and Idaho and a small population in northern California. Okay. 
The desert horn lizards of uh, species epithet platyrhinus um, comes from gr the Greek words platy, which means flat, and then rhino, which means nose. So it translates to a flat nose. Is that why platypus is called a platypus? Mm -hmm. Okay. They are a solitary species and are predominantly diurnal. They live in a very hot climate, so they will remain underground to avoid the hot sun. But on occasion, especially in cooler months, they will come out during the day to bask and warm their bodies. They tend to be found near ant hills and in sandy areas and will shake and throw sand on their back to bury themselves with just their head exposed. This allows them to stay hidden to sneak up on their prey as well as to stay hidden from predators. Another common name for the horned lizards, as I mentioned, is horny toads, which it gets due to their horns and the fact they have rather round, flattened bodies that resemble a toad. I feel like they are the roundest, flattest of lizards. Probably. I've ever seen. Probably, I would say so. Um, due to their small size, the desert horned lizard is prey to many other species in its habitat. Its first defense strategy is simply run away and to get under brush or in a burrow to avoid predation, but can only run for a short distance, so it's not very efficient a lot of the time. As mentioned earlier, they will bury themselves in sand to stay hidden from predators. They are also cryptically colored, so they will crouch down to prevent casting a shadow and blend in with its environment. If it is caught, it will hiss and inflate itself with air to make itself bigger and more difficult for um, to be swallowed due to its horns, and it will thrash its head around and try to jab its horns into the predator. Another defense that this species, along with other horned lizards, has is that it can rupture small capillaries around their eyes and squirt a bloody fluid out of its eyes at its attacker. Yeah, that is so crazy. <laughs> this acts both as a surprise to hopefully scare off the predator, but also it acts as an irritant to the mucous membrane, especially around the eyes and the nose. Um, the desert horn lizard is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. The population is currently stable, and the species currently does not face any major threats to their survival. But some subpopulations have been seen declines due to urbanization, agriculture, and off-road vehicles. Ooh, yeah, that'd be rough. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I always do want to go like off-roading, but that I'm afraid that like if you're on an ATV mm -hmm. or a dirt bike, you're gonna be moving real fast, and our animals gonna be able to get out of the way fast. Oh yeah, I haven't been um, off-roading in like unless I was when I was a little kid. Yeah, I really want to, but I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. want to run things over accidentally. Yeah. Anyway, um, also, so what are their main predators then? Is it usually snakes? I know one of the thing I watched, a snake was going after it. Yeah, there's snakes, coyotes, um, sometimes oh. birds of prey. Okay, all right. Yep. Anyway, yeah, they are pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So I am a fan. Anyway, also though with burrows, if snakes are your predator, would a snake not just follow you into the burrow? It might. Okay. It's like a coyote won't be able to, but anyway. Yeah. All right, so um, I, TBH didn't actually look into all of the animals that were options here. Mm -hmm. I chose this basically because as far as wild animals go, this is one I always want to see, and I'm like annoyed that I haven't seen it in the wild. I've seen butts. I've seen their butts when I went to Agua Caliente, but I've never mm -hmm. seen a full head, and I chose the bighorn sheep because I should be able to see them in the wild. <laughs> They're greatly distributed around the area, and mm -hmm. I still haven't. And then I see people posting pictures online, and they see them all the time on hikes. And I'm like, one of my cousins, um, she would see them sometimes when she lived um, in Palm Springs. Yeah, if you're out in those desert areas, like they're totally there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it just frustrates me that I haven't seen them, and I'm jealous. So anyway, I chose the bighorn sheep, 
and their scientific name is the Ovis. Is the Ovis? Is Ovis um, canadensis? Yeah. Oh, I like that one. That's fun. Anyway, this species has a wide range encompassing most of the western half of the U.S. as well as parts of Canada down to Baja, California. I did not know they made it all the way up to Canada. Mm-hmm. Dang. Given such a wide range, they can also be found in various habitats such as Rocky Mountains Alpine, Rocky Mountainous Alpine habitat, excuse me, and more arid desert regions. I never would have thought of them as being in Alpine. That's crazy to me. Because you recognize them from Safari Park? Mm, well, or... and from around here because yeah, we're in Yeah, because it's actually three subspecies um, that bighorn sheep get broken up into. There you go. Learning new things. All right. So those in Baja are the subspecies known as the desert bighorn sheep. Ovis canadensis nelsoni. Nelsoni. That's nelsoni. Even better. Uh, most sheep average to around a nine years life expectancy. Um, when populations become overcrowded, their lifespan decreases to just six to seven years. Ooh, that's rough. In some rare instances, females have lived to be 19 and males to 14. Wow. The desert bighorn sheep is a sexually dimorphic species. Males, known as rams, are 1.6 to 8. What? No, <laughs> to 1.8 meters long. That'd be terrifying. And weighing, uh, and they weigh uh, 119 to 127 kilograms. Females, known as ewes, are 1.5 meters long and weigh about 53 to 91 kilograms. Females also have smaller horns that don't curl as much as the males which can weigh up to 14 kilograms and measure a meter long. They're pretty impressive if you got a big dude. Like other sheep, they are ruminants, so they feed mainly on plants like grasses, clover, and sedges, but in the colder months, they will feed more on woody plants. The desert bighorn is also known to eat other plants like desert ironwood, I did not know that was a thing, mm-hmm. and cacti. The bighorn sheep has a four-chambered stomach, which allows them to eat large quantities of plants at a time and then retreat to the safety of cliffs away from predators, at which point they can safely rechew and digest their food. After rechewing, also known as chewing cud, and finally swallowing the food, there are a host of various bacteria in their stomach that help break down the plant fiber since the sheep can't digest it themselves. During the digestion digestion process, the sheep also absorbs moisture from the plants that it eats, which allows them to go for extended periods of time without drinking water, which further aids with them avoiding predators and helps them survive in an environment with little standing water. The desert bighorn is well adapted to move around the rocky slopes in their habitat due to their hooves, which have a sharp edge and are elastic and concave. Elastic? What? Yeah. Really? They're kind of springy, if you were to feel them. I want to feel one, but that's not going to happen. They're not going to let me. Anyway, these hooves allow them to snag onto... It says snage, but I think that's supposed to be snag. Okay. (laughs) To snag onto... Also, I don't know why it allowed you to put snage. (laughs) Is that a word? (laughs) Anyway, the hooves allow them to snag onto any protrusion in the rock and grip onto the surface while moving at high speeds. This species will actually segregate themselves by sex throughout much of the year. Males will spend their time in bachelor flocks, while females live in herds along with the younger sheep, and typically females will remain in their natal flock throughout their life. During mating season, also known as rut, the males will join with the females and fight each other for mating rights. Males will often use their impressive (laughs) headgear to try to intimidate one another, but there are instances where physical fights happen. In these instances, the males will run, that's not, they'll run at each other, um, 
it said brand. <laughs> in these instances, in these instances, the males will run at each other, reaching speeds around 60 kilometers per hour, and clash their horns together and can produce a sound heard from a mile away. Ooh, that's crazy. These collisions can go on for several hours until one of the rams finally submits. The rams avoid serious injury because the sheep have a double-layered skull, which is honeycombed with structures that absorb the shock and protect the sheep's brain. They also have tendons that connect the skull to the spine, which aids in the recoil from the impacts. The bighorn sheep is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. Some of the most significant threats the species faces are competition with livestock, pathogen transmission transmitted by livestock, and loss of habitat. The most threatened are the desert bighorn sheep of the peninsular ranges. They went from a population of 1,100 in the 70s to just 402,000. Ooh, that's rough. This population is listed as an endangered species by the USF. WS, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service? Yep. Wildlife? Okay. And there is a recovery plan in place to protect and increase the overall population. And by 2010, there were around 955 individuals. So that is the bighorn sheep. Look at me learning new things today. Only mm -hmm. think about the desert bighorn mm -hmm. sheep. Didn't even think about yep. another type. The other two are the Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep and the Sierra Nevada bighorn sheep. Oh, okay. Anyway. All right. Well, um, so Casey... Yes, Addie? Who is the sheep's favorite action hero from the 80s? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. Rambo. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, good times. Anyway, anyway. I've seen that movie like once. I've actually never seen it. Oh, really? But it's just like, you know, pop culture things. So um, anyway, and you can see these guys at the Wild Animal Park up on Condor Ridge. Also, I want a quick side note. Because um, I've never said it. Uh, my personal feelings on zoos, because people hate them when they're like, you know, that they exist at all for many people. But for me, I'm like, you have to have the animal to be able to educate people about them so they care about them. But the animal also has to have a good lifestyle. Because the wild sucks. If you have watched nature documentaries, they usually <laughs> die horribly. So if you have a nice enclosure, I think I'd rather be in captivity than, like, you get the freedom, but you also have death waiting around yeah. every corner. And you die of, like small injuries there's just it's a, of, it's a lot of bad stuff you just get left behind i mean just go watch crimson wing it's really look depressing. out how and like <laughs> so many animals will get eaten while they're still alive yeah. so don't it's sit usually here. canids that do that yeah and it's just don't sit here and be like no it's so much better i'm like it's better in part of the way <laughs> it is definitely better if they have a horrible enclosure but if they have a good enclosure and enrichment I disagree. Mm. Anyway, so moving on into our Animal of the Week. Our Animal of the Week this week is... The Ringtail. I'm excited about this. Mm. It wasn't until we started doing this podcast that I even realized these were in America. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I thought they were in Asia. I don't know where I thought they were. Anyway, tell us about them. Yes, so these guys are in the order Carnivora, and they're a family Procyonidae. And their scientific name is Basariscus astutus. Okay. Astute, they're astute little ones. Yes. Do they have little glasses? Anyway, continue on. <laughs> kind of. Uh, the ringtail has a very large range. It is found as far north, far south as southern Mexico, up into the U.S., ranging west to various parts of California, and can be found as far east as Louisiana and Arkansas. I'm sorry, do we have them in our area of California? We probably do. Oh. I'll see them. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, due to their large geographic range, they are adapted to a variety of different habitats, including deserts, chaparral, woodlands, and conifer forests. 
um, but te they tend to prefer to live in habitats with rocky outcroppings and canyons. Okay. In the wild, the average around seven years, though in captivity, the average is around 14 years. Um, they are about 30 to 46 centimeters long, that's the body length, and they have a tail about equal length, and they can weigh from 680 to 1,133 grams. Okay. They are an omnivorous species, but they tend to lean more towards a carnivorous diet, um, feeding mainly on rats, mice, squirrels, and cottontails. They also scavenge on carrion and hunt reptiles, insects, small invertebrates, as well as feed on a few different um, fruits of native plants. A little fun fact, in August of 1986, the ringtail became the state mammal of Arizona. The ringtail is also commonly referred to as the ringtail cat. Due to many similar characteristics like its point ears, slender body, and fluffy tail, but this is a misnomer. In fact, the ringtail is a member of the raccoon family, Procyonidae. Uh, another one of its common names is the miner's cat, supposedly due to how it helped to keep gold miners' quarters free of vermin. Oh. Even though they are a fearsome predator in their own right, due to their small size, they are prey for many other species. When they do feel threatened by a potential predator, they will raise the fur on their tail as well as arch it over their back towards the head in order to make themselves appear bigger and more intimidating. If they do end up getting caught, they will emit a loud screech and they will secrete a strong smelling secretion from their anal glands. However, one characteristic that they share with many felids um, is that the ringtail is nocturnal and will spend most of its day hidden in their dens and come out at night to hunt. They make their dens in tree hollows as well as scrock crevices, abandoned burrows as well as the occasional abandoned mine shaft or building. <laughs> they have multiple adaptations to cope with their nocturnal lifestyle such as excellent night vision and they have white rings surrounding their eyes which help to reflect moonlight into their eye allowing them to get gather more light to see better in the dark. They also have very good hearing, and their ears can rotate independently of one another, Aww. which allows them to better locate the direction of prey or a potential predator that may be nearby. They are also a solitary species and usually only get together for mating. There can and um, they can use a variety of sounds to communicate with one another, but rely much more on scent marking to communicate with others of their own species. The ringtail is well adapted to climbing. They have an incredibly long tail that is about as long as the rest of their body, um, which helps keep their balance, as well as they have um, semi-retractable claws to get a better grip onto surfaces. They also have hind feet that can rotate 180 degrees, allowing them to descend vertically and keep contact with the surface. They also have been observed moving through rock crevices by having all four of their feet against one wall while pressing their back against the other. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I want to see that. <laughs> the ringtail is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. One of the threats concerning these species is trapping in states like Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Texas for the fur trade and can be incidentally caught for... by for Mm-hmm. Um, can be incidentally caught when hunters are trying to catch other animals for the fur trade as well. Um, they are also under the threat from habitat destruction and collisions with automobiles. Um, <laughs> thankfully um, for the species, it is found in various protected areas. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. I am just curious. 
what animals do you most want to see in the wild that are native here? Mm. Well, I want to see a ringtail. I would like to. Um, let me think. At least within short driving distance from us. Like two hours. Hmm. I would like to see a cougar. I don't want to see that in the wild, though. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a good 200 yards away. I'd like to see a cougar. Uh, I always want to see um, black bears when we go, would go up to Yosemite. Have you uh, seen a black bear? You have no. to have seen one by now. Mm -mm. Really? Nope. I've seen a few. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, when I was a kid, actually went up to Yosemite and... Um, they left my because I was a little baby. Um, they left my sippy cup outside, oh, no. and it got crushed by a black bear. Yeah. And my uncle one time got chased by a bear. Ooh, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. My dad shared a story one time. They went camping and they didn't even have a tent. They just put like a tarp down and slept like under the stars. Mm -hmm. And his friend had bought some postcards. They must have had food near the postcards at one point, but they just had a, a brown paper bag. The postcards sitting on a little picnic table. And they woke up in the morning. They did not hear anything throughout the night, but there mm -hmm. were claw marks all over it because the bear was digging in trying to see if there was food and yeah. stuff. But that's just like a testament to how like stealthy they can be. They mm -hmm. didn't even know the bear was there the whole time. Yeah. Anyway, then it was a cool postmark thing. Yeah. But anyway. Another thing I would like to see would be a gray fox. I want to see foxes in general. I want to see a fox. I want to see a bobcat. When that's I my number one. Probably. Went on Catalina for my field studies course. Yeah. We had some an island fox cross our path That'd as we cool. were on our hike. I want to see foxes. And bobcats for sure, mm -hmm. and a ringtail. Don't run from the bobcats. <laughs> what? The, um, there's a difference between bobcats and cougars. Cougars, you will not know that they're there the whole time, and if you do see them, they will just be staring at you. Yeah. <laughs> a bobcat will make sure you know it's there. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> like the lynx screaming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I want to see those, and I want to see a ringtail, and obviously a bighorn sheep. There's so many animals I want to see now because this podcast. I care more about birds than I did before. Mm, but anyway. Good. Good. But I always like seeing roadrunners. They're cool. Mm -hmm. Anywho. I saw one at Safari Park killing a lizard. Yeah, you said that was... Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever saw them killing. I did yeah. see them chasing things, but I don't mm -hmm. know if I ever saw them killing. But they, their speed is impressive, mm -hmm. y'all. Anyway. All right. Well, um, it is time for a challenge, and I realize I need a piece of paper, so sorry for the noise. Come here. So uh, last time I gave us this similar challenge, we did not do well. So I want to redeem myself because, of course, after that, I thought of a million different answers, and I was very annoyed with myself. So um, today's challenge, we're doing five minutes because we'll uh -huh. die again. Um, instead of movies this time, we are naming books with animals in the title. <gasps> now, it can be, I will say we can repeat from last time, but the book had to come first. So it can't be like Lion King and then they made like a little kid's book of Lion King, you know? Like the book has to predate the movie. Mm. So, and you have to be like very sure that that was a book. <laughs> like there's some that I can think of that are definitely plays. So we're doing... Books. Books. Yeah. Just books. Books. And like I wouldn't say, like it has to be, and it can be like even a children's book, but it just has to be like its own standalone little story. <laughs> So, going to be so many children's books. I, that's a lot of mine are going to be children's books too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Mm -hmm. Oh shoot! You'd think I'd be prepared for this by now, and it's never the case, is it? I have no room for you. Uh, you're odd, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. It's you. Indeed, I am. Indeed, you do. Okay. Right. I have my pen ready. Start the timer for five minutes and go. Ugly duckling. I was going to do that one. We're going to go kids' books. Hungry, hungry caterpillar. <laughs> 
I'm going to be kicking myself in butt earlier, later for this. It doesn't have to be kids' books. I know, but I don't know if I... <laughs> Problem is I don't read novels. <laughs> but there's a lot of movies that were books first. I know, but I don't know which ones those are. <laughs> <gasps> let me think, let me think, let me think. Oh, Rainbow Fish. That's a book? Yeah, it's a little kid. You don't remember that book? No. Oh my gosh, I love that book. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Dang it. That was a book? Yeah, there's a whole series. Oh, jeez. I still have two more kids' books to go. <laughs> mm. Oh, someone's hungry. Yeah. I skipped my normal lunchtime. Oh, no. Oh my gosh. You gotta be kidding me. Don't ask. No, that's not a book. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to get inspiration. And I'm not seeing anything that can inspire me in here. <laughs> You're not looking at the globe to see where the countries of South America are? No. I'm looking There's at your books. got to be something with that animal right there, though. The bear? Yeah. There's got to be a book with a bear in it. Is there? I don't know. Anyway. Did Ugly Duckling, Hungry Little Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cat Kong! <laughs> I've, I've never heard of that, but okay. Oh, my gosh. I, rem I love that one. Um, Bernstein Bears. <laughs> Dogzilla. That's a thing? Yes. <laughs> Two of my favorite books. So okay. Like... Baby Beluga. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> I love that book. Especially because of the song. Uh, okay, now I'm out of kids' books, so i got to move another stuff. <laughs> yeah. Peter Rabbit. Oh, no, that wasn't a kid's book. Okay, anyway. All right, these are the ones that I'm going to start to get so pissed at myself last time. Mm. Silence of the Lambs. How? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, I know plenty of books with animals in it, just not in the name. I know, like Charlotte's Web and stuff. Yeah. And all kinds of things, but. Jeez. We still have two minutes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Some of them are tough too because they like in series. Sometimes mm -hmm. they kind of have an animal name, but I'm like, what is the actual name of that book? <laughs> yeah. Fox and the Hound was not a book. For that was one I was so mad about. There were three more Disney ones I didn't think of, and I was so mad. Uh, I don't think uh, it's a book. I don't know though, but. Okay. Ah. Oops. Almost missed. My goodness. Why can I not think of anything? Well, we named a lot of movies last time, and a lot of them are books. They were? Yeah. Um, you don't remember any of them? That's cool. No. It's fine. I wouldn't say a lot, but some of them are books. Because mm. I remember Lion King, but that wasn't a book first. No, but there's another one with that in it that's absolutely a book first. <laughs> that had Lion in it? Yes. Oh, my God. Another kid book, basically. Well, young adult. You're going to, like kick yourself lion witch yeah, in the wardrobe there you go all right these are the ones i got pissed about last time too to kill a mockingbird oh my gosh oh uh, it's not a real animal though Damn. sorry it has to be real uh, um there is 
another Lion's Witch and Wardrobe book that has horse in a name, but I can't remember it. Oh my gosh, I am terrible at this. Lion's Witch and Wardrobe. Silence is not gold in here. No. Nope, that's not a thing. Sound of death. Was that our timer? Yeah. Oh man, I had so many more to go. I did. It was like it. of mice and men. How did I forget? Th I love that book. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. I did not know that. Uh, Lord of the Flies. How did I forget? Um. Yeah, you're like a horror person. What's up, man? I isn't there a moth one too? Like Moth Man or the Moth? I swear there's a moth thing. Might um, be. And uh, let's see, what else was I thinking? I was thinking Horse Whisperer. I was mad I forgot that last time. War Horse. Mad I forgot that last time. <laughs> so many. And the Disney ones Fox and the Hound, Brother Bear. What was the other one? Aristocats. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> From last time. But anyway, uh, Casey, we did horrible. I was right. Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, Horse and His Boy. I yeah, I don't remember that. the actual ones. See, um, Casey, that was so bad. I have the whole series. Which we got more 20 mad. or like 19 last time. This time we only got 12. Mm -hmm. 12. So that was, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Anyway, there were a lot though where I was like, I don't know if this is a book. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. Obviously, uh, we are not skilled at this. But at least... I was able to say To Kill a Mockingbird and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest mm -hmm. and Silence of the... I was so mad at myself for that one. I was like... It's one of my favorite movies, too. Ah, <laughs> anyway, so frustrating. Because there's so many, like, Jurassic Park oh, and stuff. I have a funny... Else, what? Because I found out about this not too long ago, but Silence of the Lambs, of course, they made a series based off of that yeah. called Hannibal. Um, and um, they have some pretty grotesque scenes. And one of them was like two people naked, positioned at the end of the bed like they are praying, and their lungs have been cut out and pulled, hoisted up to look like angel wings. That was in the TV show. And it got censored, not because of that, but because you could see too much of their butt crack. So they had to add more blood, so it was... <laughs> That is to make like, it so they didn't get like sensitive. the biologist whose last name I don't know how to say. That is America in a nutshell. <laughs> Sex is not okay. Nudity is not okay. But horrible gore and awful death, yeah. totally fine. Ten year olds can watch that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there you go. Ah, don't. Why are you? Why are you highlighting that? Anyway, so that was uh, upsetting, and I'm sure we'll think of more books as time goes on. Of course, that we forgot about, and I'm sure people, especially avid readers out there, because I'm not that much of an avid reader. We're probably yelling out a million things. Um, there we go. So thank you so much for listening to episode 91. Next episode will be our listener's choice. So if you want to join Patreon, go over there and uh, put in your input for who that will be. As always, thank you for listening. We are your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Mm -hmm.